another episode of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. That is it. The NFL season is officially over. Uh, for many of you, your season is, is done. We're looking at the offseason right now. Bunch of coaches have already been fired, uh, and we will get into that in this episode because, uh, of course, it was Black Monday. If you don't know what Black Monday is, it's after that final game on Sunday. That Black Monday is usually when a lot of coaches get fired and lose their jobs. Uh, and it was like any other Black Monday, really. Uh, Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera. I mean, guys got fired in the season. We lost. Titans fired Mike Vrabel today. I don't know why the fuck they did that, but we'll talk about that all when we go into the recap. And then, of course... The Dolphins absolutely shat the bed, uh, played terrible, terrible football, but we continue to be the most cursed team this year, injury-wise. Uh, hasn't been great whatsoever. But, um, yeah, this episode, as always, we're going to go over... What we just watched probably going to be shorter because a lot of the games don't matter, didn't really have any real implications. So I'll go through things relatively quick, but uh, I'm going to add kind of these uh, teams that have coaching vacancies right now. Uh, I think I'm going to try to play a little bit of matchmaker and see who, uh, what head coaching candidates I like, where the best fit might be. Um, should be interesting because there are a there's some really good candidates and then it just goes right off a cliff. But um, yeah, I guess let's get right into the week eighteen recap. Um, starting off with the Steelers and Ravens. Uh, Steelers seventeen, Ravens ten. This is kind of one of those uh, real nothing games. Uh, Steelers won this one to keep them alive in the playoffs, but uh, it was really all for naught. It's like you got in the playoffs, congrats. Uh, Mike Tomlin continues to be fucking Mike Tomlin doing Mike Tomlin things. Mason Rudolph's been weirdly good for three games, but all of that will end this weekend against the Bills. Um and it's mainly because they don't have T.J. Watt on defense. I would give the Steelers a fighter's chance if I knew that this Steelers defense would be up for it. But no, he left the game. He sprained his knee. Uh, and that's just kind of it for the Steelers. They won this game, but now it's you're going to get your ass kicked in a wild card game. But who knows? The Bills are the Bills. Uh, they play down to their opponents all the time, but uh, no more T.J. Watt, so... Don't give them much of a chance. Uh, speaking of TJ Watt, though, uh, he led the league in sacks again this year, uh, third time in for his career, and he is the first person in NFL history to lead the sa- or lead the league in sacks since it became a stat. Uh, so absolutely un- unbelievable. I know there has been a little bit of 
debate online recently about whether or not T.J. Watt, or who's the better Watt, T.J. Watt or J.J. Watt. Now, I think I'm a little bit biased. I When I was in high school, and that's kind of when like your peak fandom, because you have nothing else to do other than watch sports, play sports. I mean, some people did homework. Uh, moving on. Um, but yeah, I love J.J. Watt. I thought J.J. Watt, at his peak, is one of the best defensive football players ever. Now, T.J. Watt is on an absolute tear. He has a lot of career left to be played. But I don't think that many people will get to that high of a peak that J.J. Watt had. I think T.J. Watt's going to have the better all over, uh, better all, better overall, that's what I'm trying to say, better overall career than J.J. But that J.J. peak Texans when he was catching touchdowns, he still should have won that MVP, I think, 2015 against Rodgers. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. Um, Ravens on the other side, though. You're already in the playoffs. You rested a bunch of people. Uh, former Pro Bowl QB Tyler Huntley uh, couldn't do much. Ravens almost covered in the end, but uh, was really all for naught. Uh, yeah, so let's just keep going here. Uh, next game up. This was game was already a playoff game. Texans 23, Colts 19. Um, yeah, this game came down to the wire. Came down to the Colts. Uh, Colts fourth and one in Texans territory, though. Uh, Jonathan Taylor off the field to get a breather, and I think running back Tyler Goodson uh, ran out in the flat for Gardner Minshew. Minshew put it a little bit away, still hit Goodson right in the hands. He drops it. Season is over for the Colts, and. The Texans have made the playoffs. Um, I guess let's talk about the Colts. It wasn't your year. You are one of these teams this year who lost their starting QB early due to injuries. Now, we don't know what Anthony Richardson would have been ultimately, but I think the Colts are one of my Super Bowl bets. As soon as those odds come, I'm betting that because I like the Colts and I like the direction, and I do like Anthony Richardson. But the Colts were one of these teams where you lost your starting quarterback and everything was just kind of gravy after that. Like, the fact that Gardner Minshew came in, the fact that Steichen did such a good job, uh, Pittman had a breakthrough season, the offensive line continued to be good, uh, the defense was very solid. Now, if they can just get, like, a star player on that defense, then I like the Colts. But again, it wasn't your year. You fall into the category of teams like you guys, the Bengals, the Vikings... Who else lost their starting QB? There has to be. I mean, a lot of teams lost their starting QBs, but who's who's matter? Oh, the Jets, I guess, with Rodgers. Uh, I almost forgot about that. That was an in-season injury because it almost wasn't. Uh, but yeah, it's you were right there. You were close, but you have set yourself up nicely for the future. Give yourself a nice pat on the back there. Uh that was a great offseason. Shane Steichen, I mean, the coach of the year votes should be Stefanski, D'Amico Ryans, because he won this game, and then uh, Shane Steichen. Unbelievable job. Uh, I'm excited to watch Colts football next year. Now, the Texans, on the other hand, I am happy that they made it in, because I am excited to watch C.J. Stroud play, I guess not really in prime time, because it's at 4.30, but... 
Uh, he is playing that first playoff game uh, against the Browns. Should be fun. But C.J. Stroud in this one, though, continues to do what C.J. Stroud has been doing all season. Uh, 20 of 26, 264 yards, two passing TDs. Uh, and it helped. He had a the very first play of the game, 75-yard pass to Nico Collins. Absolutely beautiful ball. Uh, C.J. Stroud is a top-10 quarterback. C.J. Stroud is easily a top-10 quarterback right now. Uh, I know there's a lot. He still has a lot of football left to be played in his career, but after this season, C.J. Stroud is a top-10 quarterback in this league. He is absolutely incredible. And just to add on to the fact of how great of a quarterback he is, uh, C.J. Stroud joins Joe Montana and Tom Brady as the only QB to lead the league in yards per game and TD to interception ratio. Um, the Texans potentially found a special, special quarterback. Uh, now he has a lot to prove in the playoffs and a lot to prove for the rest of his career. But this Texans team is fun. They're fantastic. They're not fantastic, but they are fun and they're building something again. It could have gone to the Colts who are building something, could have gone to the Texans. Texans have the rookie QB. That's why I was excited for them to win this one. Um, yeah, and again, it's I can basically say all the same things I said for the Colts and just you flip it on to the Texans, and it's the exact same thing. Coach, D'Amico Ryan's fantastic. The defense, Anderson, uh, Jonathan Grenard, Stingley, Petrie, Blake Cashman was unreal for them. Uh the offense, I mean, they're going to they're gonna need to get some guys back, but the offensive line is good. Devin Singletary was awesome this year. Nico Collins is a stud. Tank Dell is a stud. Dalton Schultz is Dalton Schultz, but we can't all have incredible tight ends. Dalton Schultz, you're doing a great job, bud. Um, yeah, the I'm happy the Texans won this one. I think that's all we can say. Uh, next game up here, Falcons 17, Saints 48. Uh, this game had some implications on, on on it, but unfortunately, the Bucks, or fortunately, the Bucks beat the Panthers because I would not have wanted to see either of these teams in the uh, in the playoffs, and it would have been the Saints. So thank God. And this game ended uh, on a rather funny note, anyways. So the Saints go, they line up, they're on like the one or the two in the Falcons territory. They could score a touchdown, but it's okay. They're up 41-17. Let's just kneel it kneel it down. They put Jameis Winston on in victory formation and they run for a touchdown. They go from victory formation run into it like run give Jamal Williams his first TD of the season, the man who led the league in rushing TDs last year. Um, they give him his first TD, and then after the game, you know how the coaches do, like, their handshake, oh, good job, whatever, Arthur Smith was pissed, he was livid that they would do that, and I don't, like, I'm one of those, like, people where it's like, ah, like, no, you gotta stop him, but this wasn't like, uh, oh, they lined up at, they lined up for a run, the formation wasn't like, okay, they're gonna run the ball, they're trying to score, they were in victory formation. Like, the Falcons weren't, like, playing that down. They were just kind of standing, like, so completely useless. And so people are like, ah, why is Dennis Allen doing that? Dennis Allen had nothing to do with it. This was all Jameis Winston. Uh, and it 
it was the team. It was the team. But uh, Jameis Winston has been getting the bulk of the blame. Put that in air quotes there. But uh, yeah, just hilarious way for that season to end. Uh, Jameis is not apologetic for it. I don't like he shouldn't be. Uh, the victory formation thing is the one thing that gets me. But I, I think this is fantastic. I find it hilarious. Um, yeah, and I guess one easy thing to say is has Dennis Allen lost the locker room? Uh, yes, he lost it like week eight last year. Um, I think Dennis Allen is gone as of 420. Haha. <laughs> um, he has not been fired. Uh, 420, January 9th, I should say. He has not been fired. But um, I think he does. I don't know why the Saints keep him. I mean, but also if you're the Saints... Um, I was talking with Cameron about this yesterday where the Saints probably have the most unlucrative job offer right now. And that's including teams like the Panthers who we'll get to the Panthers, but they're at rock fucking bottom right now. Um, But the Saints are in kind of a weird spot worse than rock bottom, in my opinion. They're in this weird purgatory where they have good players, they have like they have an overall good roster other than the quarterback Derek Carr, get out of here. But they have sunk so much money into this roster where they can't trade guys to kind of get a reset. Like those guys are stuck on this team. I think some of them 3 to 5 years still. And all Mickey Loomis has been doing is giving them bonus, giving them bonus, push the money down the line, push the money down the line. And he's gotten the Saints to a point where he has to keep doing that because if he were to cut or trade one of these players, it basically cripples the franchise even more. So they're just kind of in a weird waiting period right now where I don't know how you can sell that to a coach to be like, hey, you want to come coach this team and you can just like not be competitive but also not be bad enough to get high picks. Um and that's the worst place to be in in the NFL is not in those top 10 picks. When you're like the Dolphins were for many years, finishing in that 7 and 10, 8 and 9 range, it stinks because you can't get better unless you nail those picks. Um, but yeah, so Saints, you're in purgatory. You're stuck. Uh, Falcons, on the other hand, Falcons are one of these teams who have fired. Arthur Smith, uh, after going 7-10 and for his third straight year. And just a coincidence, the Falcons have also picked 8th overall for the last, uh, for now, three straight years. Um, can't say it's deserved. I think that GM Terry Fontenot, honestly, this roster is very good. I think this is one of the better uh, coaching jobs you could get. I think the offensive line is solid. I think the weapons group of Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, then you throw in like Mac Collins and Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. It's solid. Especially if you can get Drake London and Bijan Robinson and actually use use those guys and Kyle Pitts. Uh and the defense was good. Obviously they lost some guys to injury, but the defense was good this year. It just so happened that the Falcons had the 
two worst starting QBs in the league this year. And I'm not really kidding when I say that. Um, the Falcons, I do a, whenever like I do my QB rankings, uh, Bladen Kirk, if you know the name, he has a website where he has like a QB rankings quiz where you just see two quarterbacks pictures and you just basically pick which one's better. You go through a bunch of different matchups and eventually it gives you your rankings. Um, And yeah, my two worst quarterbacks in the league were dead last, Desmond Ritter, second last, Taylor Heineke. And I think if the Falcons had any quarterback literally better than them on that list, they're a playoff team. But they just so happened to not have an NFL quarterback on the roster whatsoever. Uh, And that is the detriment of the Falcons. And I think I saw Arthur Blank, who's the owner, he came out and said that like, oh, I didn't put in an offer for Lamar Jackson because he thought that Desmond Ritter was like a franchise quarterback. And that's how bad teams stay bad. And there is still some stupid people in the replies being like, oh, well, if we would have signed Lamar Jackson, we wouldn't have had, like, a big offseason with getting, like, guys like Jesse Bates. Um, Which is fair, but I don't know any fan of any football team who would take a safety over a two-time MVP quarterback, because that's what Lamar is now, is he's going to be a two-time MVP. So, uh, but yeah, stay, stay hot Falcons fans. Um, yeah, don't really have to talk about much in this game. I think that, uh, that touchdown at the end was just kind of the only thing. Uh, next game up here, Jags 20, Titans 28. The Jags blew it. Ultimately, they had a chance to basically win. You're in the playoffs, win, you win the division. And nope, I knew that Mike Vrabel, the better coach, the man who always gets his guys fired up, gets them going, is going to come in in a big spot at home, and he is going to upset this Jags team to not have them get into the playoffs. Um, And then the Titans decided to fire him. I don't know. I expect that it's it, it's dumb. I, you don't fire a coach like Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is a fantastic coach. He's arguably top five in the league. I think in my rankings, I think he's in like the five to ten range, but he is one of my favorite head coaches. He is one of the better head coaches in this league. And the Titans owner, she came out and said where, oh, uh, the reason we fired him is because we were going to trade him, but it's too complicated to get a trade going, and they didn't want to be like one of the last teams to pick their head coach once they miss out on the top guys. Uh, newsflash, none of the top guys want to go to the Titans. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of my work buddies about it, who's a Titans fan, and it's just like, with Mike Vrabel, you will never be a truly bad team. Like, I don't think the Titans have a great roster, but Mike Vrabel is a very good coach, and that team will get wins, will finish in the five-win mark, what they what they did this year, because he is the coach. Now that he's gone, I don't know who they bring. Like, no one is an upgrade on this coaching cycle over Mike Vrabel. Like, maybe Bill Belichick, maybe Jim Harbaugh, but I don't... 
I don't get it. I don't get it. And I mean, you could just point at the like true turn of the uh, Titans franchise when they traded AJ Brown away and then drafted Traylon Burks, who just doesn't play football. He's injured all the time. Ah, uh, yeah. There's a reason why John Robinson get fu- got fired. I don't know why Mike Vrabel got fired. I think he deserved a chance to turn this team around. And now this head coach, like, is he going to want to keep Will Levis? Is he going to want to find someone else? Uh, like Derek Henry's, like, it's, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, for Mike Vrabel, though, I mean, we'll talk about more of it in the coaching part of the episode at the end there. But uh, he's going to be the Patriots head coach. And for a Titans team where, oh, you wanted to be, you wanted to land one of the top guys, you were never in contention anyways, now you have fired Mike Vrabel instead of trading him where you could have probably got a third, fourth round pick for him. Honestly, like maybe more, but like a third, fourth round pick is definitely doable. Uh, so you lose out on like a mid-round pick to just have a chance at one of the top guys. And I can guarantee you, Jim Harbaugh's not going to the Titans. Bill Belichick isn't going to the Titans. Ben Johnson isn't going to the Titans. Um, I think that's pretty apparent anyways. Uh, I guess we will see, though. Uh, yeah. And other than the coaching fiasco that happened for the Titans, uh, it was another Titans legend last game for the team. Derrick Henry... Uh, he finished this one off. It was a classic Derrick Henry, classic Derrick Henry versus the uh, Jags matchup. Vintage Tractor Cito, Tractor Cito, 19 carries, 153 yards, 8.1 average, 1 TD. Uh, we are all very privileged to have watched Derrick Henry's career with the Titans. Uh I have said that Henry is the best running back I have seen with my own eyes since Adrian Peterson. He is he is simply phenomenal, and he's always been that way, like even back in high school, because I don't know if you know Derrick Henry's high school numbers. Uh, they were fucking insane. So in high school, he had uh 1397 carries for 12124 yards and 153 TDs uh like he got worked into the ground in high school and didn't get any any better in college 602 carries in college 3591 yards 42 TDs and then in the NFL 2011 yards or carries uh 9349 yards 89 TDs uh like, the man has rushed for almost 25,000 yards total in his entire football career, basically. Uh, and he really hasn't shown signs of slowing down. He definitely had a down year compared to his standards, but you know who sucked? The Tennessee Titans. Uh, I fully expect... Derrick Henry to ring chase. I hope he ring chases. He's one of those players I want to see with a ring. He's a future Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um, But yeah, I think he still has some gas left in the tank. Uh, Should a team bring him in to be their workhorse running back? No, I think that those days are behind him, but team like the Ravens, 
you want to improve over Gus Edwards a little bit. Now, I don't think that the Ravens are in need to pay a running back, really, but uh, I think Derrick Henry's still got some gas. I mean, the Titans sucked on offense just in general the entire year. The offensive line was abysmal the entire year. Put King Henry in a good backfield, good offense, he can still produce. He can still produce. Um, Jags on the other side, because there's another team that we need to talk about here. Um, you blew it. You completely blew it. The Jags were 8-3 and three at one point this season, and they finished 9-8. and eight. Uh, Basically the same, <laughs> the same as the Eagles. And their one win was with C.J. Beathard at quarterback. Uh, yeah, Lawrence didn't play great in this one. Uh, he had an interception that wasn't his fault, just went right to Evan Ingram, bobbled classic Kadarius Tony type of play. Uh, into the hands of the defender, but he also had a really bad interception, and on the final play of the game, to save their season, he overthrew the receiver by, like, at least five yards. It wasn't even close. Um, And this is, I've been saying this now for what feels like months, but Trevor Lawrence, that guy from Clemson, who, he's the next generational guy, he's, he's fantastic, the prince who was promised, blah, 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 all that stuff. He has not been that guy. He has shown flashes that he can be that guy. But right now, Trevor Lawrence is... Because I did my QB rankings. I have Trevor Lawrence as the 14th best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, Which I think that that is very valid. I don't think that he has shown nearly enough to be even considered a top 10 quarterback at this point. Uh... He has a lot of work to do, and it's not like this Jags team hasn't surrounded him with talent. He's got Calvin Ridley. He has Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. Uh, The offensive line could definitely use some work, but they've invested into that offensive line. Uh, And at some point, if you're Shad Khan, the owner, or if you're Trent Bulky, the GM, it's okay, well you think you have a good offense and you have all the good players, what's, why isn't it working? And at some point, especially if you're Trent Bulky, where if you think that these are good players, they should work, you immediately point fingers at the coach. You point fingers at Doug Peterson. Now it's on Doug Peterson to point fingers at Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator, but uh, someone should get fired for the Jags this season. Uh, it just simply cannot be that bad and to run it back and just hope that things work when they didn't really all season uh this year like yeah they were eight and three but they were also that eight and three where it was like it was like the eagles but the jags were just a worse constructed roster in general uh where it's like okay the jags yeah they're eight and three but like show me something show me something and they continued to not do it and then it bit them in the ass, and here we are. Uh, one year, basically, after Trevor Lawrence shocks the Jags with that big comeback, they missed the playoffs entirely. And now, going into next year, the Jags are probably the third-best team in that division. They blew whatever head start that they had. Uh, and, I mean, if it were me, I think it's an overreaction at this point to fire everyone on the Jags, but I'm close. I'm close, because I don't think... 
I think Doug Peterson is a fine head coach, but I think he's like many of these coaches where if you don't hire the right people around you, you're not a good head coach. Uh, and he, I don't think that he has the right guys around him to really bring up this coach. And I don't think Trent Bulky is a good general manager. He was awful as the Niners GM after Jim Harbaugh left. Uh, yeah, I... Someone has to get fired for the Jags because it's just it's it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Uh, we will keep moving on though. Uh, next game up: Vikings twenty, Lions thirty. I said it. I called it. The Lions were going to play in this one, play hard, play to win, play for that potential two seed. Uh, and there was a point, kind of midway through the second quarter, in that. Commanders Cowboys game where the Cowboys weren't really blowing away and the Commanders were kind of hanging around, but ultimately it didn't matter. And for the Lions, uh, they lose their rookie tight end sensation, Sam Laporta. And I think that that is a massive, massive loss for this team. Um, now, I. I don't blame the Lions and I don't blame Dan Campbell for like, no, we're going to play and we're going to play hard. They still technically had something to play for. And I think if you're Dan Campbell and you want your guys going 100%, like, and you want them revved up going into the playoffs, that, like, you you play them. Like, especially knowing you have that little bit to play for for that two seed. Like, I'm sure a couple of the players, if they would have sat and let's say they lose that game and then the Cowboys and Eagles also lose that game, they would have been pissed that they didn't play and they didn't win that game. So the guys were going to play regardless. Just sucks that Sam Laporta has to go down. It's a big blow for their playoffs. Uh, Lucky for them, though, they are getting some starters back on this defense. I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson is finally back. Uh, Aleem McNeil is back, which is huge for huge boost for that defensive line. Um... And I think Sam Houston, one of their pass rushers, he's also back. Either way, uh, but I guess we'll see. And they have a tough matchup in the first round against the Rams. Stafford revenge game, Goff revenge game. We will see who gets the better of it, and we will talk about that matchup in the Friday show. Uh, The Vikings on the other side, it's just, I mean, Justin Jefferson had a crazy game. He's Justin Jefferson, like of course he does. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I've I've kind of said my piece about the Vikings, where it wasn't your year. Injuries caught up. I mean, Kirk Davenport, uh, Hawkinson, Jay Jettas was er- like injured. It's just kind of like it wasn't your year, and especially after losing Kirk, it was not your year. Uh, maybe next year, but a lot of a lot of people need to come back, including both of their edge edge rushers and Davenport and. Daniil Hunter, Kirk is a free agent. Uh, I Flores is a pot head coaching candidate, maybe. Uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see, though. Uh, we will keep moving on, though. Ah, Jet seventeen, Pats three. The Jets play spoiler in potentially Bills' last home game uh, for the Patriots, and it's just so bittersweet that he has to lose to the Jets. The Jets break their 15-game losing streak to the Patriots. Uh, and if that is Bill's last game as a Patriot, then what a what a fitting way to end 
for just how crap this season has been for the Patriots. Um, yeah, this was a terrible game. This was a bad game. This was a sloppy game. This was a snow game. Uh, the under hit. I think the under was the lowest under since, like, I want to say 1994. It uh, The line closed at 28. Uh, that sounds like an Iowa game, and this is an NFL game. Absolutely brutal. The conditions were bad, though. It was getting very snowy towards the end of that game. And running back Ezekiel Elliott for the Patriots said he always wanted to play in a snow game. And this was kind of like a dream come true. Uh, and then he said after that it sucked, and he never wants to do that again. Understandably. Uh, did not look like a fun game to play in, especially because both both offenses are bad regardless. But this this is like, they're bad. Bad. Especially in the snow. Uh I guess we'll talk about the Jets a little bit here. Uh, I don't think I actually have anything to say. Like, the defense, congrats, you stopped Bailey Zappi. Like, Brees Hall is incredible, and I think I'm drafting him no matter what in the first round next year of my fantasy draft. Uh, If he doesn't get kept anyways, either way. Uh, Yeah, the Patriots had... Minus seven yards in the first quarter. This was just a bad game. Uh, and I probably can talk about this more in another episode, but... Yeah, and I think I will, because I can talk about the Patriots' overall future, and now that they're finishing third overall, uh, that puts them out of the conversation for Caleb Williams and Drake May, you would believe. So they got lots of options now, uh, and I guess we can start talking about off-season talk once the playoffs are done and once we know where coaches are going to be and who's being the GM and all that stuff but as of right now Bill Belichick still the head coach still the GM uh we will keep moving next game up Buccaneers nine Panthers nothing uh yeah this game was also really bad the Bucks needed to kick three field goals against the worst team in the league to make the playoffs story of the NFC South um yeah, uh, congrats on the Bucks for making the playoffs. They get the Eagles, who have been one of the worst teams in the league over the last six weeks. We'll get to them shortly, but uh, I don't know. Like, they're just, they're the Bucks. They made the playoffs. Congrats. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought that the Bucks were going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. They proved me wrong, but uh they're in the playoffs. Congrats. Woohoo. Uh, Panthers, on the other hand. Uh, Panthers' first team to get blanked in back-to-back games since the 08 Browns. And that's just kind of what a fitting way to end this season is not scoring in a single point in back-to-back games. This is a very, very bad Panthers team. And... Mainly because, I mean, Tepper sucks. They couldn't find the coaching, but GM Scott Fitterer went on a horrible three-year run for the Panthers, and I have some of his highlights during his tenure. He has obviously been fired from his job. Uh, Tepper now looking to replace head coach and GM spots, but some of uh, Scott Fitterer's best moments as the uh, Panthers GM. Uh, He declined two firsts. Uh, from the Rams for Brian Burns, traded CMC away, 
traded a second, a fourth, and a sixth for Sam Darnold, traded DJ Moore away, and first round, this year's first round pick for Bryce Young. Obviously, that first round pick is now first overall. Uh, traded a third round pick for CJ Henderson. Uh, let Hassan Reddick and Stephon Gilmore walk, still some of the premier players at their positions, uh, and spent or drafted Matt Corral in the third round, uh, who I don't think ever actually started for the Panthers, and also paid Miles Sanders $10 million a year, and all of that for a 14-37 and 37 record as his tenure as GM. Uh, the good news, I guess, Panthers fans... It only goes up from here. You are quite literally at rock bottom. Uh, you need a head coach. You need a GM. Your owner's an idiot. Uh, there's literally no talent on the roster outside of Derek Brown and JC Horn. Like, you're going to now trade Brian Burns. You're going to tag and trade him, I assume. You're not getting two first round picks back for him now, though. Uh,. It's going to be a long uphill battle. I guess we will see what happens with it, but uh, you can only go up from here now. Uh, And I'm sure that you said that a couple times over the last few years, but now you can only go up. Now you can only go up. Um, Yeah, so we will keep moving on. Uh, Browns 14, Bengals 31. Uh, Just another one of these... Game. This is a game I have no notes for. It didn't matter. Uh, Bengals win this one because they had their starters playing the Browns' backups and Jeff Driscoll. Uh, Jeff Driscoll, unfortunately, couldn't become the fifth quarterback for the Browns to win a game this year. Uh, would have been the first time in NFL history, I believe. But yeah, the Bengals, another one of these teams where their quarterback gets hurt and that was kind of the season for them. But I also kind of disagree with that narrative because if Joe Burrow wasn't hurt at the start of the year, uh, the Bengals would have made a playoff position. Jake Browning has not been playing bad enough for me to pin the Bengals missing the playoffs on the loss of Joe Burrow. I pinned the Bengals missing the playoffs because of how Joe Burrow played at the start of the season. Now, he was injured, yes, but doesn't doesn't negate the fact that he's the reason why they lost those games at the start of the year and why they are missing the playoffs now. Uh, Browning was fine in relief, uh, honestly pretty good, but end of the day, doesn't matter. And the Bengals win this one easily because the Browns had nothing to play for. They were in the playoffs already. Uh, first time, though, in... I thought I had that stat down. I might not have. I think it might be the first time in NFL history that an entire division has finished. No, it's the first time since like the 30s. So basically the first time in NFL history that an entire division has finished above uh, above 500. So the Bengals fourth in their division finishing 9-8. and eight. Uh, Obviously a tough pill to swallow, but I also called that if you wanted to make the playoffs in the AFC this year, you needed to get to 10 wins, and that was the case. Uh, next game up, uh, Rams 21, Niners 20. was a half point away from hitting the over and going 5-for-5 five five on my picks last week. 
fucking pissed about that one. But regardless, uh, again, not a lot. It was the backup bowl. It was Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold. Uh, but Puka Nakua did break the rookie record. Uh, he now has 100. Let's just restart. Puka Nakua breaks the rookie record. 105 catches now, 1486 yards. Uh, the 105 catches beats Jalen Waddle from just a couple seasons ago. Uh, and the 1486 yards beats Bill Groman from the 60s. I don't know who the fuck Bill Groman was, but the fact that he had that record for that long, and especially having that many yards as a rookie in the 60s, is absolutely incredible. Uh, but here comes Puka Nakua, who really out of nowhere obviously had injuries in college uh but when he played at BYU he was explosive and it translated uh very very excited to see what the future has in store for him uh do I have anything else in this game no both teams are benching people so we will keep going uh Broncos 14 Raiders 27 uh I'll just start with the Broncos because I have nothing to really say so we will move on to the Raiders. Uh, Raiders, I'll keep it short. Uh, you have a interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, who took over from McDaniels. And he has gotten this roster playing hard and to buy in. And he is Raiders culture. He grew up a Raiders fan. The fact that he is now the Raiders interim head coach, because he still has that tag on his title right now, is phenomenal. This is how you build a culture. Antonio Pierce is a culture builder. Obviously has to hire the right coordinators and everything to make it work and find a quarterback, but he is your guy right now. He, but for some reason, uh, Mark Davis hasn't just taken the title off and been like, boom, you're, her, uh, you're our new head coach. They've already interviewed or they've looked to interview uh, a couple different people already. I think it's just a process at this point instead of just giving Pierce the job, but it should be Pierce's job. If the Raiders walk away from any, and I mean any candidate, I, it can be Bill Belichick, it can be Jim Harbaugh, it can be like, yeah, Mike Vrabel, Brian Flores, Mike McDonald, Ben Johnson. If Antonio Pierce is not the head coach of this team, that head coach has already lost the locker room almost immediately, I'd say. Uh Mark Davis, please do the smart thing for once in your life and hire Antonio Pierce to be the head coach of this team. First of all, I know you don't have a lot of money. He won't cost a lot of money compared to some of the, the, these other guys. Give him the reins. Just give him the reins. Let him take control. And if you don't like it in three years, fire him. It's fine. But uh, Pierce should be the head coach. Uh, we will keep going, though. Uh, Chiefs 13, Chargers 12. Uh, Blaine Gabbert sneaks out a win in this one. Nothing to talk about. I mean, Chargers pick fifth overall. We'll see where they go. Uh, I think it's, I mean, they rather double down. Ooh, they rather double down on wide receiver after last year. Uh, and they pick a Malik Neighbors because Marvin, Mar Marvin Harrison Jr. will not make it to five. Uh, so they take Neighbors from LSU or they take one of the big boys on the offensive line and Olu Fashanu or Joe Alt. 
Uh, and we're going to talk about some draft stuff maybe on the Friday show. Uh, the top 10 is officially sealed. I mean, it's sealed for a couple other picks after that too, but uh, I might do a quick top 10 mock on uh, on Friday's episode because I don't think I'm going to do picks because there's not a lot of games to pick from. But um, yeah, where was it? Yeah, so I don't know. I think the Chargers are going to pick uh, neighbors or they're going to pick one of the offensive linemen. Uh, obviously, whoever the GM is will have no allegiances to anyone, especially underperforming rookies from this year. Uh, and he ha- and Justin Herbert needs guys, needs guys that will stay on the field. Maybe it's a spot where the Chargers trade back, draft Brock Bowers or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Chiefs, on the other hand, fuck you. We'll see you in Arrowhead. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, moving on here, though. Cowboys 38, Commanders 10. That is now 19 consecutive seasons uh, with a different uh, NFC East winner. Cowboys obviously being the division winners this year. Uh, I missed a game. I did miss... Oh, I missed a couple. I missed a few games. Look at me go. I'm... Let me just go back here then. Actually, no. I'll finish talking about this game, then I'll go back. Uh, Cowboys are the better team. They beat a very bad Commanders team. Uh, Ron Rivera has been fired as the Commanders head coach. Uh, They also fired their GM, who I forget who that is. But either way, he's gone. They're cleaning house. Uh, And yeah. Ron Rivera, 13 years as a head coach. He's only had three winning seasons as his entire time as a head coach. Kind of sad if you ask me, but uh, beside the point, uh, I don't know. Let's just, let's just go back to all these games I missed. Starting off with Seahawks 21, Cardinals 20. Uh, Seahawks squeak out a win in this one if it wasn't for a Matt Prater missed field goal at the end. And he also missed another field goal in this game. The Cardinals would have won this one. Um, and let's just start with the Cardinals, though. Um, they're they're not building, but they're building. You know what I mean? And if somehow if they end up with Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, that is an absolute win for them. Because uh, they got to get Kyler Murray a true number one. Uh, it looks like they have the running back. James Conner has been a force since coming back from injury. He had 150 yards, 5.6 average, one TD in this one. Uh, Also added four catches for 54 yards. Kyler seems to get it going. I'd like to see a full, healthy Kyler offseason. And yeah, I don't know. It's like the Cardinals, you're trending in the right direction. You seem like you've made the right coaching hire in Jonathan Gannon. Uh... They've committed to Kyler as being the quarterback. They have some decent, nice young pieces, but uh, it just wasn't a good roster from the get-go, and that's where they are. They should have won this game, but uh, is what it is. Seahawks on the other side. um, This team was too talented to have this bad of a season. Uh Pete Carroll has committed to coming back to this team. Pete Carroll is the oldest coach in the league. I don't know if some of you know that because he doesn't look it, but Pete Carroll is 73 years old. Uh, He says he's coming back, but 
I don't know how you just how you run it back again. Like Geno Smith cannot get you over that hump. You have an incredibly talented trio of wide receivers with Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN, Charbonnet and Walker. Very good running back tandem. The offensive line is solid. You look at that defense. I like Jordan Brooks. He obviously, I think he is on IR, uh, and he got hurt during the season. But Boye Mafe's been good. Bobby Wagner made a Pro Bowl, so he must be good. Obviously not, but whatever. Uh, Devon Witherspoon was awesome this year. Reek Woolen, uh, Julian Love, another Pro Bowler. Quandre Diggs, like Leonard Williams. This team had so much talent, and it just got completely wasted. Uh, and it sucks, but it's just, I don't know where they go. I don't know how you really move on from Geno Smith. I don't know how you get a better quarterback than Geno Smith in general, but uh, I guess we will see. Um, but yeah, the Seahawks shouldn't have won this one, but they did. Uh, we will keep going, though. Uh, Bears 9, Packers 17. Uh, Jordan Love finishes with 4,159 yards and 32 TDs on the season. Only QBs to exceed those numbers in a first full season is Pat Mahomes and Kurt Warner. Uh, you know how I joked at the, in the offseason about, oh, how... Packers history, it's just a circle of QBs where you go from Hall of Fame QB to Hall of Fame QB to Hall of Fame QB, yada, yada, yada. Um, It might be happening. Going from Brett Favre Hall of Fame QB to Aaron Rodgers Hall of Fame QB to Jordan Love, who just had one of the better first seasons, quite literally in NFL history, of a quarterback. Uh, Now, obviously, he's in his fourth year, and those, I mean, I guess it's equivalent with Kurt Warner, because Kurt Warner was bagging groceries at one point. Um, But Jordan Love, like, he has those numbers. I think uh, over the last eight weeks, he's 18 touchdowns, one interception. And this offense wasn't good for the first half of the year. And now, like, guys are stepping up. Uh, Jaden Reed was obviously hurt, but he's been fantastic. Dontavian Wicks has been great. Bo Melton's been great. Hopefully they get Christian Watson back. But, like, I like what the Packers are building. I think that Joe Barry should still be fired. But this game uh, sealed up the Packers' playoff hopes. They now face the Cowboys, which should be a fun matchup. Uh, Mike McCarthy revenge game. Ooh. Um, But, yeah, I am very impressed right now with Jordan Love and... Uh, as of right now, I have Jordan Love in my top 10 QBs. Now, a lot can change after this weekend in the playoffs, but Jordan Love has been very good, and he has, he has definitely been a top 10 quarterback for the back half of this season. Uh, Packers are building. Packers are building. Uh, the, uh, the Bears on the other side, we all knew we were picking first overall. This was kind of like a more uh, build morale, like, we beat the Packers. We kept them out of the playoffs, like rah rah moment. Uh, they didn't live up to it, and now it's all up to Ryan Poles about whether he trades Justin Fields or trades first overall or drafts Caleb Williams, what have you. Uh, this is honestly probably the most pi- pivotal moment of any Bears fans fandom right now, where your GM is in place to set you up 
for the foreseeable future or whatever decision he makes will absolutely sink this team. And I guess we will see. Not a ton of faith in Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus to build this Bears team, but that's what we're going with. So uh, we will keep moving on. Uh, And next game up, uh, Eagles 10, Giants 27. Uh, This was another one of those games where Brian Dable gets his guys to play hard. Uh, Nick Sirianni does not. Nick Sirianni has lost the locker room. Um, And yeah, the Giants 27, Eagles 10. Uh, Jalen Hurts left this one with a finger sprain on his throwing hand, so Marcus Mariota got the bulk of the snaps in this one. And once they saw that the Commanders were winning, they pulled their uh, they pulled the rest of their starters too. But the Giants crushed them. Like this game was twenty four twenty four to three at half or something like that. Uh it was not pretty for the Eagles whatsoever. And the Eagles now started the year ten and one. Uh, and then finish it one and five. And you want to know what the big switch and why this might be an issue? Uh, so they were 10 and one. If you all remember big Dom, their head of security, they were 10 and one with big Dom on the sideline. And once that incident happened against the 49ers, uh, he has since been off the sideline and they are now one and five without him. Uh, Good news, Big Dom back for the playoffs, I think, anyways. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. The, the Eagles, if, I mean, if they lose to the Bucks, I think that it's Howie Roseman cleans house on the coaching staff. Uh, if Nick Sirianni wins this game, I think that he gives Sirianni the chance to right his wrongs for next year, hire new coordinators, but regardless... Sean Desai is gone. Matt Patricia is gone. Brian Johnson is gone. Uh, yeah, this has been embarrassing for the Eagles, and it might be more embarrassing come Monday night when they face the Buccaneers. Uh, we shall see, though. And finally, last game up, last game of the season, the season finale. Bills 21, Dolphins 14. Awful. It gave me hope. We were up 14-7. to uh, At half, the defense was playing great, forcing turnovers. Josh Allen playing like an idiot. Um, it didn't matter, though, because our offense couldn't do anything. Sputtered out completely in the second half. Uh, I think our drives went punt, 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 punt interception to end the game. Uh just brutal. Just just a brutal way to end the season. And I was so disappointed and so distraught uh, after Sunday and on Monday. Just kind of like, what's the point finishing out the season? But I'll tell you what. I Just matchup-wise, I know we're going to Kansas City. And I know it's a fucking blizzard there right now. It's a blizzard outside here too right now. But uh, we're going to Kansas City and the weather is shit. But I would much rather play the Chiefs than the Bills back-to-back. Because the Bills did not play a good game. Again, Josh Allen did not play well. Their defense, I mean, their defense did enough. But it was a lot of mental errors for the Dolphins too. Whether it be missed, I mean, penalties that drive us back. Some drops from Tyreek. Guys 
not getting the first down and setting us up on like a short distance and then penalties that set us back more. Um, yeah, so I don't like the Bills beat us and they didn't play a good game where I don't want to play the Bills when they're at their best because they, when they're at their best, they're one of the best teams in the league. Uh, talk about the Bills though. They, uh, Rasul Douglas left the game with an injury. Now, I don't know if, uh, I mean, I guess I can just check that, but uh, I don't know the extent of the injury. I guess you should, uh, I guess you should say, so I will see if, uh, okay, um, either way, he got hurt, and the Dolphins in this one, they got even more hurt on the season, um, Jerome Baker now on IR, Andrew Van Ginkle now on IR, uh, Cameron Good now on IR. So here comes the fleet of old boys. Uh, we have signed Justin Houston to the active roster, uh, and we just signed Bruce Irvin and Malik Reed to the practice squad. So now, now that makes our edge group uh, Emmanuel Ogba, Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, Bruce Irvin, and... Malik Reed. If you would have told me in 2015 that was like our pass rushing group, would have been astonished. That would have been incredible. Obviously, all of those guys are well past their prime now, but we just need bodies. And if you just want a stat for how bad the Dolphins have been injury wise, um, nope, that's not it. Where is it? Uh, we have only had five starters play in all. 17 games this year, and only one of them on offense. Uh, we are the most hurt team in football. We're the most hurt team in football by quite a lot. Uh, I mean, just guys on IR, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Andrew Van Ginkle, Jerome Baker, uh, Connor Williams, and then the like, guys who have been out for, I mean... Robert Hunt just came back. I don't either way. I don't have to talk about injuries. Everyone gets injured, but we've been injured especially a shit ton this year. Uh yeah, I don't know. But this this game though is just it's the tale of the Dolphins season, really. Uh and a lot of it's kind of growing kind of thin on me. I still this season has been incredible. We were eleven six. We made the playoffs. Uh back to back years of making the playoffs. The team has gotten better. It's just injuries killed us. But uh, this year we were 1-5 in five versus winning teams and had a point differential of minus 91. Like, that just can't be happening. That's flat-out embarrassing. Um, and part of it's like it's growing a little thin with Mike McDaniel and Tua. I still love them. They're still here for the future. But, uh, and again, everything can change Saturday, where if we go into Kansas City... We beat the Chiefs. I'm I'm still on the Tua and McDaniel train, but I will be full ride. Let's go. Mike McDaniel, one of the best coaches in the league. Tua, easily top 10, blah, blah, blah. But I think I have seen a ceiling with Tua anyways, where I don't think that he will get to a game-changer type of QB. 
And if those game changers, my game changers anyways, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. That is it. Cut off the list right there. Those three guys are special. Everyone else is, again, there's tiers to this right now, but in that next tier, that's where I had Tua about a month ago. Now I think he's fringe end of that tier, or he's in the next tier of guys with Purdy and Kirk and Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, now, again, Kansas City win changes all of that, but uh, it's just been tough. This was, we had a very, very good team. Injuries killed us. And this game, we did not play well whatsoever. And a lot of people are going to blame, oh, Tua throws a terrible pick on the last game of the drive-in. It was a bad pick. Tyreek... Uh, banged up the play before, so he was on the sideline. I think he was second and seven. He didn't have to make the throw because Claypool was covered very well. But if Claypool runs an out like he's supposed to and doesn't turn it into a corner or like a banana, he he didn't run a sharp route, that's an easy catch and completion. But because he didn't run his route properly, that's Tua's big thing is anticipation. And he expects his guys to do the right thing and execute the right way, Claypool did not. And I think that's a big reason of why he hasn't caught on, because I think that when it comes down to it, he's a little lazy with the way he executes. Um, Either way, I I mean, I will completely change my tune if the Dolphins win uh, on Saturday. If we get Waddle back, if we get Mostert back, I think if we have Waddle and Mostert in this one, we win this one. But uh, it's not the way the games go sometime. Um, yeah, and I guess one positive note for the Dolphins I can add. Uh, rookie Devon Achan, second all-time in yards per carry in a season with 7.8. Only behind 1934's Beady Feathers, uh, he averaged 8.4 yards per carry. Uh, fact that there's a man named Beady Feathers... Uh, is fantastic. Never heard of that name in my life, but HN has been a bright spot uh, for the Dolphins, and I hope that that continues. But it puts me in a tough pickle for fantasy purposes. I am in a keeper league. I get to keep two guys in my keeper league, uh, and I'm having to pick between Devon HN, Puka Nakua, and Sam Laporta. Uh... And I don't know where to go. I love HN, but I have inherent Dolphins bias. And I actually drafted him because I knew he was going to be special. So I think it would cost me like a 10th round pick to keep him. Where keeping Puka and keeping Sam Laporta, I got them as UDFAs. So it would cost me my 16th and 15th round picks. Uh, And I don't know where I'm going to go. And I still don't know where I'm going to go. And I have a long offseason to question and ponder and I'd still have a chance to draft HN again but I don't fucking know um yeah that'll do it for the recap that'll do it for the season unbelievable we are done uh but let's get into some coaching talk here a little bit so the coaches that have been fired already have been Josh McDaniels Brandon Staley Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera, Mike Vrabel, and that's it. 
Now, some other guys that I have thrown onto this list here, Dennis Allen and Nick Sirianni. Uh, so, yeah, there are some decent jobs available. I like the Falcons' job. I think that they do have a talented roster. They just need a quarterback. Uh, obviously, the Chargers with Justin Herbert, that's just a big win in itself right there. The Commanders have the second overall pick, so that likely means Drake May as your franchise quarterback. Also very enticing. Um, I mean, the Eagles get fired to Nick Sirianni. That's a very good-looking job. Um, yeah, but let's talk about some of these head coaching candidates, though. The guys who will be taking these men's jobs uh, in the offseason. Now, obviously, we got the big dogs up top, where... I'll kind of tear it off a little bit, but, uh, so Jim Harbaugh also congrats to Michigan, uh, for winning the college football, uh, title, the national championship. I don't know why I struggled to find national championship, but congrats to Michigan for winning the national championship. Now it is all on Jim Harbaugh to decide on whether he stays or whether he goes back to the NFL. I think that he is leaning on a return back to the NFL, uh, and the Chargers make the most sense. I think that the Chargers would just kind of give him the keys to run the organization. Uh, he gets Justin Herbert as his quarterback, which is just a great starting place in general. But, yeah. So, Jim Harbaugh, and then there's a guy like Bill Belichick, who, again, hasn't been fired yet, but he's also a Chargers candidate right now. Where you go there, you can build that defense, get someone to come in run the offense, but don't give Bill GM controls. Uh, and the Commanders are another name that interests me. I think Bill's from that area anyways. Uh, Drake May would be the QB. He's got some pieces on defense. I mean, he still has Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, and Bill loves his defensive tackles. It would be a work. It would be a work in progress, but I think Bill would be the one to steer that organization in the right direction after so many years of chaos. Uh, and this is kind of, yeah. And then Lions offense coordinator Ben Johnson. I think that he, for the new coaches anyways, he's my number one guy. Uh, a guy who doesn't come from anyone's like offensive coaching tree. Uh and he has been great. The Lions offense has been great with him as offensive coordinator. We will see if he gets, uh, I mean, he, he is going to get hired. He'll get hired somewhere. The Falcons entice me. Falcons, if they like send a second for Justin Fields, it's a nice looking team. Uh, we will see Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Uh, that defense has transformed underneath him. Uh, he's a great young coaching candidate. We'll see if his name gets out there. Brian Flores, obviously he had his first stint in Miami where good coaching record, but couldn't put together one side of the ball, and that was ultimately his downfall. Now, whether or not he learns on those mistakes, we will see. Uh, a guy like Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, again, I talked about it for a while during this episode already, but Mike Vrabel, one of my favorite coaches, and I think that he's the next Patriots head coach. Uh, when he got inducted into the Patriots Ring of Honor this season, uh, he kept saying, we, when referencing the Patriots. Uh, that man is still a Patriot and will forever be a Patriot. Uh, and he has proven to be a very, very good coach where I don't know why the Patriots wouldn't go after him. 
that like to me that is such a clear and cut Mike Vrabel is the Patriots next head coach uh I guess we'll see though but like other than that like other than those guys that I've named like I've seen uh I've seen Steve Wilkes the Niners defensive coordinator get interviews I've seen uh I think it's Brian Cap Brian Callahan the uh the Bengals OC him get looks uh but I don't know I guess we'll I guess we'll see I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to match make with jobs right now though I guess yeah the Titans like it's just like like the Titans like who wants to go coach the Titans where it's like ah congrats you have nothing to work with uh I don't know Sometimes blank campuses are the best options. Like it's it's the same with the Panthers. Why would you want to go to a roster that has absolutely nothing and a bad owner on top of it who micromanages? Uh and that's the thing. I named one, two, three, four, five. I named six candidates. Right now there is the Chargers job, the Raiders job, which should go to Pierce, so I'll take that out. But Chargers, Commanders, Titans, Patriots, Falcons, Panthers. Oh, well, I guess that's six jobs. Well, I guess all of those guys are going to end up somewhere. I mean, there still could be some surprise firings. We will see, but uh, that'll do it for this episode anyways. Uh, I am excited for football this weekend, playoff football. Go Dolphins, kick the shit out of the Chiefs. Uh, Let this season have some meaning. And if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.